Welcome to Unlocking Leadership. I'm Claire Carpenter and I'm your host. So I'm joined today by Rachel Jones. Rachel is the Director of Talent Learning, Engagement and Organisational Design with Sodexo. Thank you so much for joining us today. How nice to have you here. I'm very, very excited and thank you for welcoming me. Yeah. And so before we get into our conversation today, give us a bit of background, Rachel, on you and your role at the moment. What's brought you to this place? Yeah, absolutely. So I started off in the world of retail in terms of getting my ground in from a service point of view and a HR point of view and an operational point of view. Then went into resourcing and then various career opportunities moved into where I am today. If I hit fast forward to that point, I have the best job in the world. My job is to look after people in a life cycle. So from before they even understand who Sodexo are from an attraction brand strategy point of view, to working with our EVP and making sure that it's forever updated and consistent and authentic amongst our business. Um, And then onboarding people throughout their journey then in terms of understanding that at different points, moments of potential look different, ensuring that engagement, well-being, mental health is consistently considered that we're inclusive in all that we do and all that we see and all that we look at, that we're sustainable in how we develop our people and that we're truly authentic as a people employer. Yeah. I think that word's really interesting to dig into, that sort of sense of authenticity and how it's applied to an organisation and its people in the same way. How do you go about linking an authentic organisation to the population of people that work there? Yeah. You have to start with the source, and the source is, is the business authentic? So my job's easy because I work for a truly authentic business that has people at the heart of it. It's a family-run business set up by a family. Men on family are still within our business, very, very present. So it is a family, and probably good and bad that comes with a family. You have honest conversations, we'll fall out at different times. But actually, we stand for exactly the same purpose. We have the same heart. We have the same DNA. And we won't distract from that. So even though the market is hard and challenging at the moment, we won't look away or shy away in terms of making the right higher choice. And that is around attitude and that is around will and that is around behavioural traits and culture. And I think as long as those two align, DNA of a business and the DNA of a person, then authenticity is the natural product. Yeah, I, that's so interesting. The sort of I'm hearing values at the heart of that, that sense of a family organisation, but also it's about hiring with that in mind rather than necessarily looking at the skill base of the people that you're bringing in. Yeah, and I think there's always got to be a balance. You know, there are roles, there are times when skill is incredibly important and somebody has potentially worked incredibly hard to gain that skill via education and learning development, but equally... There are roles where if you have will and attitude, desire, and you want to create a legacy, then we can support you. And I use this phrase a lot in our business. We are all the author of our own book and we will all have a different book and we will all start at a different chapter. And what we see is different. What we feel is different. And that's the beauty of Sodexo. That's the beauty of having over 36,000 people in Cane Island. We want that. We need that. Yeah. I mean, that's a big family, Rachel, let's face it. It is a big family and that's just the UK and Ireland. It's a global business, obviously. So it is a big family in the UK 
Cayman Islands. There's so many things to uh, sort of pull on and follow up in your initial sort of landing space. Thinking about that sense of family and shared values and authenticity that you've opened with, you also use that word legacy. As you think about your role within Sodexo and you said, I've got the best job in the world. What's the legacy that you're building? I think the legacy that I'm building is empathetic leadership. We work really closely with the business to understand what is it that they want and what is it that they need and really understanding because sometimes it is different and being courageous, being curious. My legacy will be that people feel that they belong at Sodexo. They have a place at Sodexo and for some that could be a future and for some, that could be a career. And for some, it could just be a job. And I say that with huge respect because people have a life and some people just want a job. But they're also really important people in our business. Yeah. I'm thinking that must be true because within your organisation, there are so many different roles, aren't there, that your people are undertaking. That It's just such a huge spread, isn't it? Yeah, we, you know, we will have a barista, to a security officer, to a landscape gardener, to a governor of a prison, to an account director, to a HSE expert, to a legal consultant, to a finance director, to a HR director, to a head of brand and comms, to a list goes on, the list is exhaustive, but that's the beauty because you you could map your career wants and desires anywhere. You know, you don't have to follow a linear path. Yeah. And so I know that leadership development is really important for you. I know you're really passionate about that. How do you build a leadership program or how do you design a leadership program that has something in it for that breadth of employee base that Sodexo has? Don't bore the ocean is where I will start. Treat everybody as an individual, you know, because it goes back to works for one, doesn't work for all. So we have multiple micro learning programs where you know if people just want to hop in and out and they've got three minutes they've got five minutes then that's available for their sustainable learning so you know making sure that what we do is sustainable and it isn't going to be used once they can use it in multiple ways be personal or professional and how is it going to have a boost from a recall point of view because we only remember anything that we can recall so memorable learning making sure that people connect understand the so what and then from a development point of view where we have high performance and we have accelerated talent is what program is truly going to accelerate their development and that could be again both personal and professional because we don't anymore have due to covid a home life and a work life balance you know it's very blended now because of the future of work insight tells us that if your home life is positively impacted your work life will be positively impacted. So from a learning point of view, how can we give people learning that helps in their home life as well as their professional life? I wonder if you can bring that to life with an example of something that would be sort of within that area. I suppose the most relevant in terms of cost of living at the moment would be around financial well-being and financial living and allowing people to understand ways in which they can save, calculate cost of living differently, We have some of the best chefs and nutritionists in our business. So how can you cook effectively? How can you feed a family on a budget? There's many ways in which that we can positively impact employees, but then their outer circle, i.e. their friends or their family, that will impact them. Mental health, and for example, at the moment, talking to our employees about potentially what's going on in their 
children's life, psychological safety with what's gone on around COVID and having to homeschool and having GCSEs and A-levels where they're not outside in a normal social environment they would be or should be, and how to deal with that, to look out for triggers and factors. All of it matters. We don't just hire a person. We hire their whole family. All of a sudden, we interconnect much deeper than that. And that's the most positive outcome that we will have back. Yeah. And how do you measure the effectiveness of that? approach to the whole family being included in that sort of lifestyle learning if you like i think a couple of things from an engagement point of view we will see it and we will feed it from a retention point of view again from a referral point of view people being referred by people that they know again and you would only ever recommend someone to go and work in a business that you truly believe in and again it goes back to the whole authenticity piece I also think in terms of how long people stay in a business, how much they move within a business and how much we respond to them in that moment. Going back to everybody has a different journey and starts at a different point, ends at a different point. How do we connect? How do we connect as a human being with people at different points differently? You mentioned at the very beginning, you talked about the importance of culture and inclusion as part of the strategy of the role that you're responsible for. Thinking about the size of your workforce again and the variety of different roles they're undertaking, that must be hugely important that the actual practice of inclusivity, not just the speaking about it. Yeah, look, anybody can speak about inclusivity. It's what you do that really matters. And for Sodexo, going back to the scale of the business, it can sometimes help you, it can sometimes hinder you. We've run numerous campaigns around can't be what you can't see and really trying to allow the business to see different people in our business and not having an ignorance or an arrogance or an assumption that that type of person wouldn't be in that type of role and allowing people to see like career progressions, career pathways for different individuals. But we're doing a huge amount of work and if you feel like you belong then you will be your best version of you at work and again authentically being yourself and bringing yourself to work and not feeling that you've got to bring somebody else to work you can then actually thrive in that environment so our three big pillars alongside our ABP are belong act and thrive because we will constantly challenge ourselves around are we being inclusive are we also being equitable you know, it isn't now just obviously all about inclusion and diversity. So I think we're a really curious company. We're naturally curious to ask questions. We have different forums in our business who are characteristics from a generation point of view, from a disability point of view, from multiple characteristics where we love them to challenge us and just tap in and say, have we thought about this from this lens or is this inclusive for this person? Because you can't always get it right. It's impossible to always get it right. But I think if you make a mistake with a good heart, then it's almost forgivable. And we want to make sure that we've got multiple consciences out in the business who are challenging us. And it's an open space. People feel comfortable to challenge and ask the question of, is this right? Are we doing enough? Should we be doing more? And then just having that conversation and having that curiosity that goes into explore which goes into educating myself here how do I take that to a wider audience yeah I think sometimes especially in my first role as a manager 
you know, I'm thinking about that individual who's been promoted from within their peer group. They find themselves responsible for a group of people that perhaps they've been one of before. There's a fear of getting things wrong, isn't there? There's something about not saying anything for fear of saying the wrong thing. Yeah, we have this conversation and I think everybody assumes that HR knows it all and has the answer for everything. And we absolutely don't, you know. I was only on a call the other week and I said, I'm not sure I'm even going to position or frame this correctly, but this is what I want to say, but this is what I think I mean. But I felt really safe to say it. And then someone was like, oh, I think you mean this. And I was like, that's exactly what I mean. And you've articulated it far better than I. I think when people are going into new roles and new opportunities, I think it's just doing what I've just done that says, look, I'm not this super robot that's going to get 10 out of 10 every time. I might get 9 out of 10. I might get 8 out of 10. I might get 7 out of 10. But what's my intent behind the bits that I've got wrong? And again, if it's to look through the lens of I want to learn and help me learn, then again, that brings that inclusivity piece, that brings team. And I think trust and respect to people going into new spaces. Trust the people around you. Respect the people around you. Trust yourself to ask questions. Trust yourself to be new in role. You've been newly appointed, so allow yourself to be that new person and respect the time and respect the process. People feel like they need to sprint immediately because they've been promoted into a new role. Explore, listen and learn and allow yourself a disciplined amount of time before you start to make any changes because it's important. Yeah, I love that. The sense of respect and trust and listen first. And what is it Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand that thing, that lovely habit of a thousand years ago, but still really relevant, isn't it? When you think about your own career and you think about how you've seen that develop over the years, where have been the key markers for you in that stop, listen, learn, move on type space? Yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons was one of my previous managers, I'm having a career conversation and I remember him saying, got you here, won't get you there. And it is almost about finding yourself in the same way, but in different as well, within that space of being different and knowing the analogy Formula One race car, you know, just because it's won this year doesn't mean they want to shave 0.2 of a second off next year. So that whole continuous growth, that whole sustain what you've done, but sustain that curiosity to continue to grow and allow yourself the space to know what you're doing so that you can go back and say, this is what I've achieved. I think for me, Sodexo has been a huge part of my career transition. I've been at Sodexo for nearly seven years now and just the versatility of the business Every day when you truly think I've seen it all, I've heard it all, you know, something else will happen, something else will appear. And the beauty of that is that the growth trajectory of the business means that you grow as well. So the growth in terms of commercial growth or appetite is our people have to grow at the same speed, if not quicker, if not faster, because only our people get to where the business needs to be from a revenue point of view. They are our only asset. They are the most critical, critical asset. It's so fascinating because your sector must have gone through such significant change during the 
pandemic and lockdowns and all of the challenges that's brought to all of us as a sort of global community. But in that service sector, in that space where people are your asset and everything is around the customer and the deliverables that you're working towards, what have been the sort of changes that are really noticeable for you as you come, I want to say, through the other end, but it's still impacting us, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think various changes. Obviously, we had parts of our business that closed pretty much overnight in terms of um, our Sodexo Live business, which is Ascot, Chelsea Flower Show, Gatta, Stadium events, aviation as well. But I think in that space, it was hit hard and it will take us a long time for our brand to recover in that space because of the uncertainty of jobs and roles within that sector. However, what I can say to you is we've opened back up and just watching the joy of people be together and come back together and hear people say it's so different face to face or listen to people meeting each other for the first time and joking saying oh you're not a robot then behind the team screen you can't buy that and you really do want to bottle that and as somebody working in our business to be part of that creating that experience creating that moment um is is phenomenal we also learned that we could redeploy people to completely different parts of our business that maybe we wouldn't have done previously or maybe they wouldn't have considered previously but obviously with any crisis is the opportunity to view things differently and that was the beauty of that as well and i think what we've also witnessed is people's profiles and traits change Introverts becoming introverts introverts understanding how important an extrovert is people respecting psychological safety much more people being empathetic leaders you know emotional intelligence resilience making decisions quicker but maybe even better you know the difference between pace and polish when do we need to move at pace when does it need to be polished? When is it the other way around? Putting humans at the heart of everything we do all the time. The pandemic has been interesting, but positively as much as frustratingly. Yeah, it's been amazing. The sector's been hit, but it will recover. And we know it will recover and we have insight to tell us it will recover. And it's a phenomenal sector to work within, beyond rewarding. Yeah, I think it's sort of like that perfect storm, isn't it? As we come out of some of the worst parts of the pandemic in many ways, we're also then hit in this sector by the competition for the workforce. The difficulties in that area brought on by Brexit as well, by the changes in employment regulations in that space, by the lifestyle changes of the cost of living. There's still layer upon layer of challenge for your business, isn't there, in terms of that attraction and retention. I want to say challenging, I'm trying to find another word, but it is, isn't it? It's just that case of where are our people coming from? What do we do to bring them in and how do we keep them here once we've got them? And I think the latter part of that is the big question. How do we retain our people? And I have this conversation with our business. Have we got a recruitment issue or have we got a retention issue? And I think people are looking at it through the wrong lens. I think people are looking at it through the lens of we have a recruitment issue. And my challenge is we don't. We have a retention issue. And I'm not necessarily talking about selection. Brexit took 1.4 million candidates out of the UK and Ireland pretty much immediately with COVID. Then I've pointed out all the obvious facts as well in terms of you know, people that have lifestyle changes, people that have experienced what 
whatever they have experienced throughout COVID made different choices. Great resignation is real. It's an absolute fact. Data tells us that. People that have changed to work in a sector that maybe they didn't do previously because they've seen and they've watched and witnessed in COVID and they've got a calling to go and work for the NHS, as an example. And that's fantastic. You never stop somebody from doing that. But it just creates a landscape to look and feel very differently. And I think we will never have a world that we don't have challenges. That's just the world that we live in. I can't wait to fast forward to see the baby boom after what happened in COVID because it was either a child or a dog that everybody's <laughs> having. So maybe that's our answer. But I think it's about going back to if you have people that feel that they belong in a workplace, that the place of work understands them, it almost doesn't feel like work. It feels like they work amongst friends and family. And that's aligned to them. And it goes back to what do they want? Do they want a job? And I say that in the most undisrespectful way. Or do they want a career? Do they want a future? And A, understanding that because we're close enough to the person to understand it and B, respecting it. Yeah. And knowing that that changes as well, doesn't it? Constantly. Constantly. People's personal circumstances will change. And it is about respecting that. Yeah. And coming back to what you said earlier about those sort of emerging talents in new leaders about being able to listen, being curious, being connected to the people they're responsible for and feeling the responsibility of that and really taking it seriously. I don't mean holding it heavily, but giving it the respect and time that it deserves to keep listening to people and keep asking those questions. Yeah. And I think any new leader that goes into the role, the conversation that I would have with Treat them like your family. Treat them exactly how you would treat your family. You know, check in on them. You know, give them space. Allow them to grow. If you had a child, know the fact that sometimes they learn by their own mistakes and that's the best learning for them. Treat them with respect. Start with trust. Start with transparency. Have the difficult conversation. Conflict is good. You know, debate is good. Disagreement is good. Educate yourself by listening. Educate yourself by reading and learning. Educate yourself by doing and being. You don't have all the answers just because you're a leader. Our CEOs don't have all the answers just because they're a CEO sort of brings us neatly towards how do you work with the really senior leadership team in your organisation to get their buy-in to some of the things that we've been discussing. I know that some organisations struggle at the very senior end, at the executive end of their leadership team to work on that empathic leadership piece that you've been talking about. Actually, that's where it's missing most in some organisations. What's different about Sodexo in that regard? Look, I think I'm really lucky in the sense of it's an easy conversation for me to have with the CEO. And why is that? A big proportion of that is it goes back to how authentic are all of us that are in Sodexo. But I think if I worked for a business where it was a difficult sell, maybe I'll answer it through that lens. I start every conversation with anybody in the business is so what for them? There is not a so what for them or what's in it for me because we're all quite selfish as human beings then the conversation isn't really going to go anywhere. And I go back to no successful CEO in any business anywhere would ever be successful without people. If people are treated in their most authentic way and allowed to be their most authentic self, the most skillful CEOs are empathetic leaders. And for me, it is truly about understanding 
what is it that the business wants to do and what's the enabler for the business to do that and the reality is that normally falls into two spaces it's technical and it's digital or it's a person but the person that's going to build the technical or digital is still a person in one way or another and then equally there are so many roles in our business that will never be anything it's a person. So how do we have the best person that is optimised in the best possible way? And that is because they're allowed to belong. That feels like a really useful place to start to bring our discussion to a close. That sense of belonging, being able to reach your potential and keep going past that in a place where you feel psychologically safe sounds like the sort of nirvana of the recruitment process to me. I wonder as you leave us today, what might you offer someone perhaps in a smaller organisation or perhaps in one of their first roles of influence in this area? Where's their starting point, Rachel? Where would you tell them to start? I think it's really hard in a small business because you are everything to everyone. Sodexo is an oiled machine. I need help. There's a design team in L&D and there's a recruitment function and I've got an engagement team and a well-being team and a mental health team. So I don't play that down by any shape. But don't see yourself as one person. If there's 20 people, 50 people or 100 people in your organisation, just find 10 people who will absolutely align to what you're wanting to do and create an allegiance and create an alliance around creating a drumbeat and forward is forward no matter how small the step and how in your mind insignificant that is you'll be making a positive change and impact and equally say to yourself how many people do I want to change even if it's one person one person is significant in a small business and then reach out to larger organizations you know I would absolutely welcome having time with anybody people know from LinkedIn if they email me they get a response you know there are other big organizations out there where we've done massive parts of the work let's not recreate the wheel let's share let's have that even outside of sectors and also don't give up it's not easy and again the whole boil the ocean start small what is it you want to do praise and recognize when you've moved forward challenge yourself if you know that you feel too safe and comfortable don't accept behavior that isn't right or appropriate be courageous everything that you talk about and you say to your business to do hold the mirror up to yourself constantly you can do it you know everybody can do it anybody can do whatever they want to do they've just got to a want to do it and then b set about doing it I feel like as people listen to the last minute of this episode, they're going to be stopping it and writing that down. There's so much great advice in the last 30 seconds of what you've said. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Such good advice. Do it. Just start small. Celebrate the small wins. Start from the edge and you can do it. 100%. 100%. Love it. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy talking to you. No, you're welcome. Thank you, Claire. Great connection. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Unlocking Leadership, you can subscribe through all the regular podcast channels. And please do leave us a rating and review there. We'd also love you to share any episodes you've found interesting on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, 
or wherever, so that others can join the conversation and share their experiences. This podcast was made in association with Corndell. It was produced and edited by Nick Hilton for Podo. Thank you.